This is Talk from the Heart, and I'm your host, Dr. Patricia Venegas. We're in studio today with Dr. Margaret Herrera and Erica Rogalski, and we've been talking about issues of the heart, pains of the heart, emotional pain, rejection, abandonment. We even talked some about suicide and depression, hopelessness, and unforgiveness. And I want to talk to Dr. Herrera today because she's a medical doctor with her own practice. And she's told me some stories about patients coming in with pains of the heart that don't even know that. So Dr. Herrera, why don't you talk to us today about what can happen even physically or, or how these things can play out in our life and some of the experiences that you've experienced with your patients. Um, so I've been in private practice for about 22 years now. And I became a believer about 10 years ago, and I myself went through the process of healing, and um, I myself battled some of these um, things, my um, anxiety, very little anxiety, but I saw a lot of anxiety in my practices. When I became a believer uh, about 10 years ago, and I really started delving into uh, understanding the pains of the heart, understanding unforgiveness, understanding anxiety. And I learned all of the medical knowledge that came with treating it with medications. Um, but as I became a believer and I started to see how people with pains of the heart would manifest, I started seeing a lot of patients in my office and in my practice coming in with a lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of depression, there was hopelessness, despair. There was also um, patients that would come in with um, suicide, thoughts of suicide. And as I became a believer and I started understanding not just the uh, emotional and what I've learned in the medical field of the imbalance of chemicals in the brain, I started learning about the soul realm. The soul realm is the mind, the will, and the emotions, and how the emotions would affect your mind. And I started to uh, understand that it's not just one thing that is affected, but it's uh, multiple things that are affected in the body, and things that happen in your soul realm can start to affect your physical body. And I started to notice that a lot of my patients or patients that were coming in, not all patients, of course, but a lot of the patients that were coming in and had had trauma in their life, had had abuse in their life, had had different events in their life that had affected them, they were coming in with anxiety. Some of them were coming in with depression. And I was led at times, because I am in private practice, to pray for them. Um, prior to me becoming a believer, I did not pray for anybody. I did not pray for patients. And um, I didn't know Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach as I do now. And as I learned all that and I started to feel like the Holy Spirit would lead me to pray for a patient and I'll just, I won't give names, but I'll give examples. I had a patient come in and she had severe anxiety and this anxiety was so bad that she couldn't drive a car. She couldn't drive um, to my office. Her um, house was in Hollywood, and she would come visit me in, uh, in my office in East LA. And um, the distance there is about 20 miles, and she wouldn't come. Somebody would have to bring her. And the first time I met her, she wasn't actually a patient. Um, she was a sister of one of my patients that had came in. 
and her sister invited her to come in with her because she wanted her to meet me. Um, when she came in, there was something, the Spirit of God led me to um, do my visit with my normal patient, and then I felt led to ask her sister, you know, how was she was, how she was doing, and she said she had a lot of anxiety, and um, I finished up my session, and I was getting ready to leave, and I just felt led to pray for her, and I didn't know her, um, but I knew my patient, and I prayed for her, and as I was praying for her, I didn't really know where this anxiety was coming from. I didn't know what else was there besides the anxiety, but I prayed for her, and the Holy Spirit showed up. And the Holy Spirit showed up and freed her from a lot of things that she had, and it was anxiety. And later on, this person became my patient, and five years later, we move into it. She's my patient five years later, and the anxiety she was battling was because she was a young teenager, and when she was a young teenager, um, she was um, pregnant, and she had to give up her baby. And so there was a lot of anxiety and depression that entered at that time. She was afraid to be alone. She was afraid to be entering into elevators by herself. She was afraid to drive. And I'll tell you, five years later, the Holy Spirit has done so much in this, in this woman that she now drives to her appointments by herself. Wow. She no longer battles anxiety. She no longer battles depression. And now she's actually praying for other people. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And that is one of the stories. There's so many different stories I can tell you, but I can just say that in my practice, in my experience in, in these last, I can say, 10 years, I have seen the way a broken heart can manifest in a person's life. I can see how it can manifest in their lives and causing them to feel depressed, to feel hopeless, to get despair, and all of these things that, that are not of God. And, and I do treat, I'm not going to say I don't treat with medicines, I do treat with medicines, but I believe that treating the person and also treating the soul realm, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions, I have seen the most restoration in, in people in the whole aspect of their whole body and their mind and their soul. That's so amazing, so amazing. One of the things that we have here in America is, is a thing, again, that we label mental illness. And we have a big drug problem here in our country, a huge drug problem. And Erica, one time you had mentioned that you had so much emotional pain. Can you kind of bring that out for us of how the enemy was really using that emotional pain? Yeah, so, you know, talking about post-traumatic stress, there was an incident one day that really triggered me and I was driving my car just sobbing. I had had something happen at my parents' house and one of my siblings had brought up you know, the abuse, and, you know, it was just very painful when people would bring it up and talk about it, but kind of mock you or not be very compassionate, you know, at times. And so one of the episodes I had, I was completely devastated and 
driving, you know, just sobbing in my car and, and being in such emotional pain and hurting that I got pulled over by a police officer and, you know, he wanted to check on me and make sure I was okay because he saw me driving that way and I told him I was okay. I had just gone through something, you know, very painful and I made my way home and I parked my car in the driveway and you know, I was hurting so badly, and I had a vision of myself like in a straitjacket, you know, behind a mental institution, and again, those thoughts came, and as I pictured myself and saw that vision of me being locked up and thrown the key, you know, um, in like a mental institute, you know, I heard this voice say, you know, like, go get on drugs, go get heroin, go to that street where you grew up at that you know sells drugs, and just go shoot up some heroin, escape the pain, take it away already, you know, and I thought, I'm going crazy. This is insanity. I'm going crazy, and I'm going to end up locked up. And I remember at that very moment, as much as I heard those thoughts come, I heard this gentle, sweet voice inside my head as well say, Erica, that's exactly what my people feel. That's exactly why people are on heroin. I'm allowing you to feel that because I want you to know how others are feeling. And when you see drug addicts, when you see heroin addicts, when you see alcoholics, when you see prostitutes, you're, you're going to have compassion and love for them and you're not going to judge them. And this is why they get on drugs, mm. why they become alcoholics. And I just sobbed in my car as much as I wanted to take away the pain, I realized that that pain was there to teach me about compassion and love and to not judge others and to know why people become addicted. Amen. The Bible talks about Yeshua's suffering. And when we think about what he went through at Calvary, if you don't know, he, he was tortured, he was beaten. And it says that he did that to bear our griefs and our sorrows and that by his stripes we're healed. But the word says that he suffered to comfort us in our suffering that we might turn around and comfort others in their suffering. And emotional healing by the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't erase the memories, but it takes the sting out of them. It takes the pain out of them. But we find a lot of times while we're going through it, if we don't know how to be healed emotionally by the power of the Holy Spirit or that it's even available, many times we turn to addictions, we turn to drugs, we turn to alcoholism. And we don't even understand that we're self-medicating. We're trying to just make the pain go away. Even suicidal thoughts is really just wanting the pain to stop. But Erica keeps mentioning voices, thoughts that come through her mind. And as Dr. Margaret mentioned, anxiety. And I know that people that comes from other countries and other cultures, 
they've experienced so much worse than what we could even imagine here in our country. And Dr. Margaret ministers a lot of times to other um, people that's come from other countries. But in our society here in America, we've really convinced ourselves that these are schizophrenic people if they hear voices or, or have these thoughts of harming themselves. And what we found spiritually is these truly are demonic spirits speaking to bring depression, to bring anxiety, to bring suicidal thoughts. But as Erica heard, there was another voice speaking to her. And it's a quiet, still voice that if you listen closely, it's trying to get you out of what you're in. And it's a, the loving voice of the father speaking that he wanted to heal Erica, but he allowed her to experience the emotional pain for a moment. Just as Yeshua experienced it for a short period of time, many times we would not have compassion and tender mercy for other people. It's so easy to judge. It would be, it's so easy for people even here in America to drive by the homeless and the drug addicts and the people in poverty and, and judge them and think, why don't they get a job or why don't they get their act together? But you know, our Heavenly Father has such compassion and love. He wants to bring healing to the deepest wounds of our soul. And Dr. Margaret mentioned our soul, our mind, our emotion, and our will that our mind is where the battle, spiritual battle goes on. And a lot of the thoughts of bitterness or resentment or hatred or rejection, abandonment, anxiety, fear, doubt, a lot of those is truly a battle that you're in for your very soul. So when we're hearing these thoughts, or we're thinking these thoughts, many times we feel automatically like they're our thoughts because they sound like our voice. But it's, even when God is speaking to us, it sounds like our voice. So when you're experiencing these thoughts and these battles in your mind, you can really ask God to come in and really heal that pain, that emotion, and even be delivered of anxiety, of fear, of doubt, of worry. As we see in Dr. Margaret's practice, that she has ministered to many people since she's been healed. And it's important that we go through the healing process, not just for ourselves, but for those people waiting for us on the other side that God wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us. And, you know, we all go through struggles. I want to talk to Dr. Margaret a little bit again about her struggles of becoming a doctor and how hard it was, even though she's a professional, how hard it was to get there. So, Dr. Margaret, would you share some of how you even got into the medical field and, and some of the struggles that you went through growing up? Um, I grew up in a family of eight. We were a family of eight, and it was difficult for me because 
I come from a very traditional Mexican family and the traditional Mexican family, women really don't go to college. They stay home and, and get married and have children. And I remember when I was wanted to go to college even as a young child, I didn't know how I was gonna get there because I am the first um, generation um, to go to college. I had older, two older sisters um, before me but I, as a young child, I wanted to go to college and I wanted to be a physician. And that was always something that I had in my mind. As I started to approach that um, desire, came time for me to go to college. My two older sisters were not allowed to go to college. Um, there were stumbling blocks that were put before them by my father. Um, and at that point, I was the third one in my family to go to college and I had to make a decision. Um, was I gonna go to college, on, go by myself, gone that choice, or was I gonna not go to college like my sisters kind of decided not to complete their schooling at, when they were ready to go to school. Um, my father made it very difficult to, to go to college and decided I wanted to go and so, I had to figure out a way of how to get to school. Um, I chose to go to um, Cal Poly Pomona. It's in California, which wasn't too far from my home. So I was able to travel on the bus because I didn't have a car. Um, and during that time of trying to go to school, I had to work part-time to um, pay for my schooling as um, I wasn't um, really given any financial my family couldn't help me financially and they couldn't help me emotionally. Um, so I was going to college, I was taking the bus, take me an hour to get there. And there was times when I would come home and I would miss the bus coming home and I would have to walk maybe three miles to get to my house and it was dark. And I remember walking down the streets, young, you know, 19, 18, 19 year old, and feeling angry that I had to fight so hard to go to college and all I ever wanted to do was educate myself and it was so difficult to, to do that because I wasn't having any um, support at home. And I remember feeling angry when I would do that. I feel angry at my father when I would get home and I would have to study and then he would turn off the lights and tell me, you know, you're not paying the bills, it's time for, you know, for you to go to bed and I would go to sleep angry. And I remember I also um, got unforgiveness as you were talking, Dr. Patricia. I started to develop unforgiveness towards my father. I didn't realize it was unforgiveness until later on in life and I had this resentment and unforgiveness towards my father because I felt he made it so difficult. And as I was going through schools in different parts of my school, undergrad was difficult. Then I got into medical school, and again, it was also difficult. But God is so good. Uh, the God of the universe was always there for me because I believed in God. I came from Catholicism, so I believed in God. I didn't know Yeshua, but every time that my life got hard, because in college you have no money, in medical school you have no, no money, um, God always showed up. He provided my needs, maybe not over, but I always had enough. I always mm -hmm. had enough. And 
as Dr. Patricia was talking about unforgiveness, I remember when I also went to the ministry for the first time, unforgiveness was a big tormenting spirit for me. It, it, I had unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment towards my father, and I didn't know that. And when I came to your ministry, Dr. Patricia, that's something that God did for me. He removed that unforgiveness towards my father. He removed that, that I was able to forgive my father and truly, truly uh, just forget everything he had did. And my father, shortly after coming to the ministry, um, God um, healed my father because he developed cancer. Wow. And he developed colon cancer. And because I had forgiven him, like Erica, I was able to take him into my home wow. and take care of him for six months after he, he got surgery and got chemotherapy. And it's only the grace of God that he had removed that unforgiveness and that bitterness that I was able to bring my father into my home and truly love him and truly show him who Yeshua was. And during that time that my father was in my home, I saw God beginning to transform him, change his heart. And even when he left my home, he was a different man because mm -hmm. of just being in the presence of God. Because I, every time I came home from church, every time I came home from the ministry, he was a different man. He would say, are you going in church? And I said, yes. And he would say, he knew the days I went. He knew the days I came back. And my father today is a 10-year survivor of colon cancer. Wow. And I just thank God. I thank Yeshua HaMashiach. And I use that testimony. Everything that you go through, God will use it and turn it around for good. And I use my father's testimony to show people the miracles that God still does and the miracle that my father's still alive here 10 years later. And when sometimes they don't want to do things that they should, like procedures that they don't want to do, I give them the testimony, my father's testimony. And, and he has saved some lives. And I'm so grateful to Yeshua HaMashiach for that. Amen. 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 It's exciting on one hand to know what God can do for us. But it's so hard to go through the healing process yeah. because when we go through the healing process, we have to really deal with stuff inside of us. And it's not about somebody else changing, but it's about God changing us on the inside, of healing us, of removing that bitterness, that resentment, that anger, that unforgiveness, and healing us. But to me, there's times where we don't even know that we need to be healed. We have emotions, we have pain, we get angry with people. We, we look at other people and think if they could only change, if they would do something different, then we would be happy. But God really wants us to go deep and allow him to heal us and to heal our soul, our mind, our emotion, and our will and change us from the inside. And it's amazing when he does that, when we allow him to do that, how then it affects the people in our sphere of influence. Um, Dr. Margaret, I've seen you now. You've been with the ministry for quite a while. You're assistant pastor now with um, Promise Christian, uh, with Without Spot or Wrinkle Ministries. And I see now not only has the father 
healed you, but now you're able to give that to someone else in your ministry. And you've even brought people to the ministry from your ministry that has been from another country that the abuse was so severe, the anxiety, the trauma that they went through and how God has used you for that. And it's just so exciting. Well, it's so exciting that you've joined us. If any of these topics are of interest to you, you need to read the book, The Bride of Christ Without Spot or Wrinkle. Because what our Heavenly Father's doing in these last days is he wants to restore us. He wants to restore our soul, our mind, our emotion, and our will. And he's in such a process right now of restoring his bride because he's truly coming back for his bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, a glorious bride. My testimony is in the book of the Bride of Christ and how he restored me and now how he's allowing me to minister to so many other people and bring that same healing to them. We're excited that you joined us. We look forward to the next program and we know that you're going to enjoy Talk from the Heart. Thank you so much and Shalom.